Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune. You can check out all of my coverage at trib.com and follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. And per usual, welcoming in Robert Gagliardi. Gags, what's going on? Not too much, Ryan. Just uh, do, working away, getting back into the groove or trying to after after the holidays, which, well, for for you and sports writers, there is no off time. You're, it's it's constant go, 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 and you certainly have been, but just just plugging away and getting back in the groove of working after the holidays here. So Yeah, it's still better than uh, digging ditches. I'll take it. Um, just back from the Arizona Bowl, obviously, got to go down to Tucson for four days, which was nice. Uh, Wyoming loses 30-27 in overtime to Ohio. Um, you know, I, I wrote a column, you know, after the game, the day after the game, kind of saying that two things. First of all, all seven and six seasons are not created equal. I think we've talked about it. This season was much better than last season, although they end up with the same record. But at the same time, the column is kind of challenging Craig Bull to, you know, raise the level of, raise your goal a little bit to get, you know, into the Mountain West Championship game or or to win a Mountain West Championship at some point during your long tenure at Wyoming. I know Craig would say that is the goal, but I guess accomplishing that goal is is the final step for this program. And you know, as great as the stability is, it's it's kind of boring right now. It's better than the alternative, of course, having lean, lean years. But, um, you know, this program is in an interesting spot right now where it's it's kind of stagnant from a win-loss situation. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of young parts coming back and maybe they can shoot for the moon next year. Hey, Ryan, it was, a, it was a great column to, to end the season, and I, I certainly, you know, I, I think all your points are very valid and, and, and true. You know, it's it's funny, though, you know, if you would have said even like seven, eight years ago, you know, to me, that stability is a real big is a real big thing here. Um, and again, I'm not stability doesn't need doesn't necessarily mean mediocre. And I get it. You know, they've been in one Mountain West Championship game in Craig Ball's tenure. OK. Um, I'm sure Craig and the staff thought there would be more, or, and I'm sure they've wanted more, you know, and obviously fans do too. But I just think here at Wyoming, that stability is is just something that really hasn't been around, you know, really since, I guess you can call the Roach era, you know, and even or the, the, the Tiller era in some ways was somewhat stable. You know, it was a different landscape back then as far as college football goes, but that's a pretty big thing. And I think, you know, long, it's not that long ago where fans would have really liked to have this type of stability but now but you're right right now that that stability's been is here it's been established where's what's the next step you know that's the natural progression and i think that's fair to bring that out but i do caution you know fans and a lot of people that you know careful what you wish for in some regards because as as hard and as you know some may say it's not hard because there's all these bowl games that there wasn't you know not that long ago and stuff but it doesn't take much to lose that stability either. Okay. And so I just, I just, I'm, I'll be honest. I, even myself, I teeter back and forth that, yeah, I'd like to see Wyoming, you know, be more competitive in the conference race and get, you know, win a conference championship, play in a conference championship game. Yeah. I'd like to see that more often and stuff. And and I'm sure Craig and the staff and everyone does, but stability is not the easiest thing to build here. Okay. And that has been built, but you're right, Ryan, what's the next step? 
And I think, you know, those next steps need to be taken, you know, um, but I do just caution everyone's like, oh, the Craig needs to retire or this and that. And, and look, I get fans are fans are fans. You know, I, I understand the frustrations too. And, and, and so I don't want to call anyone out or anything, but I just think that's a slippery slope though, buddy. I mean, you know, you've been around here long enough to know the stability at Wyoming is not the easiest thing to build. Okay. So, but again, you still got to make progress. The stability is established. We got that down now. Okay. What's next? How do you get to that next level? Whatever that next level is that next level, you know, getting back to the mountain West championship game. Is it winning the conference championship? What, you know, how do you get there? That's the thing. So it's, but it's, it's always going to be a slippery slope because you've covered it long and been around this Wyoming football as long as I have. Stability is not, this is uncharted territory for Wyoming in a lot of respects. There's generations of fans that have not experienced this. Well, it's going to be stable for at least another year or two because Craig has two more years left on his contract. He's going to be getting $1.7 million per season. So I don't think he's going to retire. I know (laughs) some Wyoming fans are tired of, of the offense or whatever, but it's just not going to happen. So you're going to have stability now can you take it to the next level? Can you, in these next two years, can you win a Mountain West championship? I think if he's able to do that, you talk about the stability. If you go out on top like that, I think, I'm not saying he's going to retire at 66, but I'm saying if he were to win a Mountain West championship in the next two years, whether that leads to him going out on top or getting an extension, I think his legacy here would be pretty impressive uh, in terms of the stability, the being the longest tenured guy, you know, if you win a championship, that means the wins are going to start piling up. You're going to get over 500. And, you know, on top of his resume at North Dakota State and Nebraska as an assistant, I think that'd be a great legacy at Wyoming. But so far, I mean, winning potato bowls and, and going to Arizona bowls, it's great, but it's it's not historic. It's not you know, what you're paying for, I would say, with that salary in the Mountain West compared to his peers. Fair. I, th- I think that's fair. But when you look, at, you know, aside, Ryan, from, you know, you know, being the, the top ranked group of five team, you know, and getting to a New Year's Six Bowl, look, you know, it's the Mountain West. Their bowl ties are what they are, you know, whether it's the Potato Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, the Arizona Bowl, whatever, you know, that's what those are. You know, I mean, at least there's that. But you're right. You know, what the, the, there, there are there, there's it's time for a next step. And will he do it? You know, it's interesting to me. And you've seen this a lot, too, Ryan. He has, I guess, two years left on his contract. Wyoming is infamous. Or Tom Berman's been known, you know, to extend contracts. You know, he, he extended Jeff Linder after last year, you know, and I'm well deserved. I'm not I'm not knocking that, but we're not seeing that right now. You know, so I don't know if there's. You know, if if in the back of Craig Craig's mind, if he's like, all right, I got two years left, I'll be in my mid sixties or whatever. I'm gonna, you know, right off in the sunset, you know, go to my, you know, get my ranch in Wyoming and call call it good. Or what's gonna happen? Because usually, you know, there's contract extensions. You know, coaches get down to those last couple of years, and and you know, on on the recruiting trail, when Craig or his staffs out there saying, no, we want your son to come play football for us and parents ask, well, are you going to be my coach in four years or three years or, or whatever, you know, that's a little interesting. So to me, that says that, you know, Craig certainly, and, and Tom Berman certainly want to see Craig, you know, you know, fill the, the, the life of this contract. Is there anything beyond that? 
I don't know, because if there was, I would have think not to say, hey, let's let's extend them five more years. But, you know, the the way a lot of these mid-majors have to roll, they some of the best security they they can do, these schools can do is 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 keep their coach extended as much as possible, whether it's just one or two years. They're not Wyoming hasn't done that, at least they haven't done it yet. I don't expect them to, not because they're tired of Craig Bull, but I think I think Craig's maybe, you know, the end is the end isn't near, but it's it's becoming a little more in sight, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think Tom has to worry about that for about a year and to deep into next season. You don't want to have only one year left if mm-hmm. you're not recruiting and you plan on being here. But with two at Wyoming, I wouldn't worry about it at this point. He's got a great deal locked up for two years. You know, I don't think he's stepping away from it, like I said. Um, you mentioned the group of five situation. Well, guess what? In 2024, the playoff has expanded to 12 teams. If you win the Mountain West Conference and the Mountain West is a top six conference, you go to the playoff. So it's not just, you know, a one in a million shot to go to the Sugar Bowl and or like Tulane did this year and play USC in the, in the uh, Cotton Bowl. That's going away now. There, Berman has mentioned there's a window here where comfort, where uh, the American is losing their best teams to the Big Twelve, and they're adding some not so good teams. Where the Mountain West needs to to get it together and be that number six conference, and in some special years, maybe you're the fifth best conference or the fourth best, but they need to be the best so-called Group of Five conference and get in the playoff, whoever their champion is. So uh, when you're looking ahead, and that's what we're doing now, you know, Craig Bull didn't want to look ahead to the Texas Tech game after the Arizona Bowl. Uh, and I understand that. You got to decompress a little bit. But we can. Wyoming plays Texas Tech at home. They play Appalachian State at home. They play Colorado State at home. They you know, have road games at Texas, Air Force, Boise State. I'm just saying that schedule and the playoff doesn't start till 24, unfortunately, but that schedule, you run that schedule, you're going to be in a a new year's day six bowl and you're going to, you know, set yourself in pretty good position going forward in the mountain West. Yeah, absolutely. That schedule definitely does that. And, you know, in a power five team, you know, coming to, coming to Laramie, you don't see that very often. Um, the, The schedule does, does does set up for them to you know if they can take care of business on the field there's that and that's a good point about the the Mountain West with the with the American losing some teams this is a prime opportunity for the Mountain West to to take center stage to be that 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 next in line and absolutely you know and, and even going into into the future not just next year but in in future years with the way it's going to be set up this is the Mountain West's time to seize this you know and you know, you almost, there's part of you that, you know, as far from the league standpoint, you say, well, I, you know, boy, I wish Jay Kaner and, and Fresno State returned intact, you know, or something like that, you know, some of those teams. So, but why not Wyoming? You know, like you said, there's some young pieces coming back. I think there's some things, obviously, plenty of things to work on to, to improve upon, but why not? You know, and, and the, the, the windows there, the, 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 there is an opening there, Ryan. Will Wyoming, will Wyoming be able to cease and, and take advantage of it? Yeah, I didn't even mention Fresno State. They come to Laramie next year also. So, I mean, it's a stacked schedule. I'm not saying they have the roster to run it, but there's a margin for error there. You go 11-1, and one, you're probably the New Year's Six team with that mm-hmm. schedule. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just saying that was kind of the theme of my call. Just dream bigger, you know. 
the Arizona Bulls are great, but dream bigger going into the season. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Arizona Bull. You know, um, did you watch the Barstool uh, stream and, and what was your impressions of it? I would put the headphones on and go to it to watch replays. And, you know, it was kind of funny. I mean, I'm sure it was a shock to the system for some people. But, you know, once I put the headphones on to to go over that big play to Welch on the final drive and regulation for Wyoming to tie it in, I think Portnoy said something to the effect of this guy has been terrible all day, but now he comes up big when it matters most. I can ride with this guy talking about Peasley. So it was a different kind of criticism and just, you know, comedy slash analysis. Um, my brother watched it. He said it was terrific. My mom even enjoyed it. What do you think of it? I had mixed feelings with it, Ryan. There were times where it was fun. It was exciting. It was a little bit different. Um, but other times it just almost seemed like it was a little sophomoric to me, you know, maybe that's the old man in me coming out too. I, I I don't know. I, but I did enjoy parts of it, but other parts I thought were a little bit over the top. I think a little bit too much were there almost maybe even trying too hard to be funny and be different. You know, um, I get, you know, maybe that's just the, the, the old person in me, just like, give me some more detailed analysis about this, you know, instead of all the yelling and shouting ground, there were times in there where that was great. Whereas, you know, obviously the ending, the, the, the Welsh touchdown, there were times where that was that was pretty cool. So I guess I had mixed feelings with it. I know I talked to some friends that absolutely despised it. And that, and, and and just like you, some people that really actually did enjoy it. Um, I guess I'm, I was on the fence with it a little bit. At times, I thought it was it was fun. It was different. And other times, it's like, no, just, you know, give me a, at times, a, a more mature broadcast, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. Well, in terms of the game, obviously, you know, I thought – Wyoming played pretty well. Um, I think they left a win on the table, though. You know, what comes to mind is, you know, when Alex Brown was wide open and Peasley, if he leads him inside, it's probably a game-changing touchdown. He goes outside, it's an interception. You know, I thought Jordan Vaughn ran pretty well. He had two touchdowns. He could have been the hero. He scored near the end of regulation, but the defense could not hold it. You know, they nearly had a couple sacks there on that last Ohio drive in regulation that would have ended the game. And then Easton Gibbs gets, you know, a questionable pass interference to put them in field goal range. Wyoming's conservative offense does nothing in overtime, kicks a field goal, and Ohio steals it in overtime with a nice touchdown pass, really a, a really nice pass to the tight end there. It was a great game, an entertaining game. You know, it had a great start for Wyoming on offense, a good ending to the regulation for Wyoming on offense, and three quarters of frustration for Wyoming's offense. Uh, unfortunately, the defense couldn't bail them out on that last drive after keeping them in the game. Just kind of a typical Wyoming game. Good defense, bad offense, and almost found a way to get another win. Yeah, I, I think you summed it up really good. It, it seemed like that, that game was kind of like a microcosm of, of this season where there was – you know, some good points, some, some, some good starts, you know, defense, I thought was pretty solid throughout, you know, I know they, and I'll, and I'll be honest, the, the, the play that won the game, Ryan, I mean, that was just a heck of a play. I mean, you know, the, the, the quarterback put it in the position where only that guy could get it, you know, uh, the linebacker had good coverage. The guy just went up and made a play, you know, you, you, you know, you, you run that play five more times. I don't know if they execute that because that just had to have been perfect. I mean, give Ohio credit for that. You know, I would have liked to see the offense, like you said, you know, 
they 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 came through when it kind of needed to, you know, like when they tied it and, and obviously the start, but you know, coming out in that third, you know, when they're up at halftime, you know, you could put the, you know, put the pedal down and, and maybe put that game away. And they just weren't able to do it, you know, and just too much up and down, too much inconsistency on offense. And um, you know, felt bad for the defense. Again, I thought they played well enough for them to win the game. You know, obviously didn't make plays when they, you know, it when they needed to, but they made a lot of other plays before that that even that kept them in that game. So yeah, I, it was it was, you know, I watched a lot of bowl games over the holidays, or I didn't watch them all, but I watched a lot of it. That was one of the more entertaining bowl games I saw during the bowl season. You know, just came up on the short end for the Cowboys, but um good game, you know, but it was it was kind of a microcosm of what Wyoming season was like in through seven and six. Yeah, in Wyoming's defense, I should mention, they did drop a couple picks that could have been the difference, too. It's not like they played perfect. And, you know, I'm a Peasley guy. We've talked about it. I think he's a great guy. I like covering him. I like him as a leader. I like him when he's in a rhythm and as his feet set as a passer. But he doesn't have great arm strength, obviously. Josh Allen could have, you know, thrown that off balance, throwed and scored to Brown. But Peasley can't do that. And I just watched that game. I'm thinking if CJ Harris, who is going to be Ohio's backup next year, because they're returning the Mac player of the year from injury. uh, If he was on Wyoming, they dominate that game. I'm sorry. Peasley Mm -hmm. needs to have a great off season. Wyoming needs to get him more help uh, or it's going to be more of the same seven and six. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Peasley as well, Ryan. I think he's got all the intangibles you want. As a quarterback, you mentioned the leadership, you know, guys rally around him. They love this guy. But, you know, overall, just as a, from a consistency standpoint, he just has to be better. He, you know, whether it, you mentioned you mentioned the footwork, um, you know, I don't know how much you can really improve your arm strength. I mean, you can improve that, certainly. But I just think he just needs to just be better, you know, overall and, and more consistent. You know, the rest, I think, is there, you know, but and I don't know what that is. I'm not a coach. So, you know, is that, you know a lot of specific footwork drill, you know, I'm not sure where that is, but you know, if, if Wyoming's going to ride with Peasley next season, you know, he just needs to be better. He needs to be more consistent. You know, you get that, you know, you, you know, that'll be very interesting to see. And then what happens in this off season going into spring football is that, is, is it Peasley? I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here, I'm assuming this is Peasley's job, you know, but you know, does it, you know, Jaden Clemens get more looks. The the Swoboda kid they they recruit out of junior college that, that that's got the the tools. It's got the physical tools. It looks like does he play into this mix? Does 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 Wyoming open that up so to speak? I guess they always say everything's open. It's spring, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But you know, do they truly open it up? What what happens? Do you know? Do they bring someone in in the portal to to bolster that? You know, I don't know. But if if they're going to ride with Peasley next year again, I love the kid. You know, it says a lot about him, about how guys respond around him and talk about him. That says a lot to me. But just the the, the football aspect of it, he needs to be more consistent. Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring anyone in. They have six quarterbacks right now. Now, if a couple guys transfer, then you're going to want to for, for camp. But I think it's going to be Peasley. <laughs> just based on um, this coaching staff's history, and I like the idea of having the same guy a second year in a row, a veteran guy who's mm-hmm. been through everything, but they need to get him some more help. And fairness to Peasley, obviously, Joshua Cobbs was in the portal, who was his number one receiver during the regular season. They're down to their fifth string running back. 
you know, Vaughn, physical guy, but he seemed to run tentative. Like, I don't want to lose this game. I'm not losing a fumble. You know, he, he ran a little bit tentative. I think if you have Swin, the combination of Swin and McNeely out there, I think Wyoming probably wins. I think McNeely would add a lot more yards uh, than Vaughn did because he's more aggressive hitting the holes and with confidence, even mm-hmm. with one hand this year. So it's unfortunate that's life in the portal. Guys make decisions and you're, you know, you got to make adjustments for bowl games. That's why I don't think losing the Arizona Bowl is not the end of the world. The Boise State game is the one that will haunt this team for for a long time. Um, but it, it's disappointing because they really could have beat Ohio. It was an even game, and Ohio just executed one more play at the end. Um, so let's get into the offseason a little bit. It's it's always busy. You know, I mentioned some of the transfers. They've had eight guys in the portal now. Uh, Keeley Bonner, a, a def- reserve defensive end, was the latest one on Tuesday. Um, but they've added to their graduating class as well. Uh, Parker Christensen is moving on, stud from Sheridan, uh, tight end. And he was only played at Wyoming four years, but I, I have a feeling that was his plan all along. He's got two years of eligibility remaining because he redshirted in 19 and 20 didn't count. But uh, he's going on to uh, you know try to be a chiropractor. He's been accepted into school there. So uh, just moving on educationally. And same with tight end Jackson Marcotte, a fifth-year junior, came back from a severe leg injury that I, that I wrote about last year. And, uh, you know, he's going to be going into his third year of law school, and I think he's going to focus on that. So they're losing a couple of tight ends to academics in a good way mm-hmm. uh, and not the portal. I don't think this is a big deal. I mean, you obviously miss these guys because they're good players and good program guys, but you know, Bull indicated before the bowl that their senior total would be going up based on conversations he was having with guys. And sometimes guys want to move on. These guys put their bodies on the line uh, and Christensen was not even available for the bowl due to injuries. So um, the senior class is growing. The portal's growing a little bit. But overall, when you look at it, eight guys in the portal, now they're up to uh, six graduating seniors, I guess you would call it at this point that we know about. Um, that's 14 by my count. And then you throw Titus Swin in there, that's 15, but they've signed 13 guys to the incoming recruiting class and adding Northern Illinois running back Harrison Whaley. So the numbers are about even there. I wouldn't panic if I was a Wyoming fan, but uh, the portal will be open for a few weeks. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm curious. I don't know if, if Craig alluded to this, you know, after the early signing period, but where is there where is their emphasis? You know, going into the February signing period, is it is it at receiver? Is it, uh, you know, best available? Whether that's a running back, or, you know, or a receiver, or a lineman, or or whatever. You know, did they give any indication of where the emphasis is? You know, granted, back then, you know, they weren't sure, you know, how many other guys they may lose or anything. But do you get a sense of where the emphasis is going into this the, the February signing period? I know they're pretty confident about adding some defensive backs, some corners via the portal like they did last year. And, uh, you know, Cam Stone of the eight transfers out is the only one who has announced where he's going. He's signed with Hawaii, which we've which we've discussed. I think they will upgrade at corner a little bit. Um, tied in, they're still still pretty deep. I, I assume Trayton Welch is coming back. Obviously, he is a tremendous talent. Um, they have some other guys, Colin O'Brien there. 
Um, some young guys, I think they feel pretty good about it. They might have to add someone now that they've lost, you know, both Parker and Jackson um, to graduation there. Um, we've talked about it. I mean, I really want to see them go get a wide receiver from a power five school that was a high end recruit and it didn't pan out somewhere and needs one chance, one last chance to do something at this level or in college football. I'd love to see them address wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I would agree, you know, and I'm just curious, I'm already kind of thinking about, you know, spring drills. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when classes resume, but, you know, I'm sure winter conditioning is starting there soon. If it hasn't started already, you know, spring will get going. I, if they do it like they usually start in late March and, you know, continue it into April, you know, what's, you know, obviously I think that the, the, the path of the quarterback is going to be interesting. I'll be interested, you know, with the, some of these running backs that were injured, what we'll see from them. You know, who's emerging does, you know, obviously we've seen what McNeely can do. We saw glimpses of what DQ James can do. You know, then you throw Vaughn in there, the LJ Richardson, you know, I'm curious to where how that pecking order is going to turn out. Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't imagine Ryan based on, you know, with guys like Goodbow and, and Bertinoli inside, you know, they're proven guys. I don't think we're going to see them much in the spring just because they're proven guys. I'm sure they'll still be you know, recovering from injuries from the season, you know, what's, what's, what's the depth going to look like in there? Who's going to get those reps and take advantage of that, you know, and, and obviously the secondary, you know, and things like that. Um, I'm also interested in some of the depth at linebacker, you know, Easton Gibbs, you know, uh, Shea, I'm not going to say is 43 Shea, you know, I love that guy. I, you know, who's, who's going to, who are we going to see there? I think this spring is going to be interesting. I don't know if there's going to be a ton of Position battles will be some, you know, you lose a, a Boje and, and Watts on the offensive line who kind of fills in some of those spots. But I don't know if this is going to be a spring, Ryan, or, you know, where we're going to see a ton of position battles, so to speak. Maybe in some areas, and granted, maybe if, will we see anyone emerge as a at wide receiver or a defensive back, depending on who they get. But I don't know if it's if we're really going to see a lot of pressing position battles because of, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of young guys returning, a lot of key guys returning that saw a lot of valuable playing time last year yeah i i think you got to be pretty excited about the defensive line with some of those names you mentioned uh, you know if, if cole goodbow does come back that is just a huge bonus because he is a, a really good player burton only is a really good player the defensive ends really showed out this year and you're adding sebastian harsh who they talked about so glowingly um during fall camp um, you know, one guy, let me, let me call him up here, um, that I'm really, really curious about. Um, let me see here. Oh boy. Can you help me with the name of the, the four-star recruit? Oh, Deshaun Woods. William Woods. Yeah, Deshaun right. Woods. Okay. That's, that's a guy. He's going to be a redshirt freshman. You know, he's a four-star recruit, was originally committed to Missouri, came here to work on academics, had tons of Power 5 offers. I just think I would like to see him on the offensive line, whether that's filling in for Boje at left tackle or maybe you move someone out there that's more experienced left tackle and get him in at guard. But when you get a talented guy like that, I think you need to use him while you've got him. Absolutely, you know, in this day and age. But, you know, we talked about this, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago with the portal. You know, you know, yeah, he's a four-star recruit, a lot of power five offers, you know, use them while you got them. 
but also you got to make sure he's ready to be put in there too, you know, and hopefully, you know, if, if this kid has been working on his academics, hopefully he's getting that straightened out or has it straightened out. Let's just see how that transition to football, because even, you know, seen a lot of guys, Ryan, not like Wyoming brings in a lot of four-star guys, but you know, you know, the star ratings can be a little overrated, you know, um, obviously we're assuming this guy can play okay with you know with the offers and stuff but hopefully he that'd be huge if he can step in 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 a starting role you know i'm i'm but i just hope that that carries over that 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 star rating that that hype with uh with with all that stuff and those offers that carries over because that could be a a plug and plug and fill type of position for one i mean again whether they from right at tackle, move someone else in or, or wherever they put him, that could be a plug and fill and, and maybe, you know, work out very well for him. You would assume based on those rankings and stuff. But again, I, you got to be leery with that. I just hope he'll be ready. And I hope that, you know, and not just him, you know, but the, the coaching staff, you know, the strength staff, whatever, you know, has him ready. So when we're out there in the spring, we see that and say, oh, there he is. You know what I mean? Um, I'm anxious for that as well. Probably of the, of, of, the, of that class, you don't see four star guys come here very often, Ryan. I'm, but let's see if that if if he can live up to that, I guess. And maybe and I'm not trying to put pressure on that kid, unwanted pressure on that kid, but we'll see if if the star rating you know lives up to its hype, so to speak. Maybe starting this spring. Yeah, I mean, Aboje was uh, you know a guard for four years, and then you know as a super senior, he moves to left tackle. I'm wondering if Frank Crom is athletic enough to do that. He's been at right tackle forever. Would he? move over to left tackle and maybe Woods could win the right tackle job. Either way, I think the offensive line is exciting when you think about, you know, who's coming back. I mean, Emmanuel Pregnon had a great year. Uh, the center, Fia, Nofoa Fia, Tulafono had a great year. Jack Walsh is a solid player. Um, you know, there's there's some talent there. Caden Barnett, who I think uh, made some headlines there for um, – his dancing skills at a, in, I think he was the one that was dancing on Barstool's social media platforms. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not worried about running back and the offensive line looks good. Uh, you know, tight end, the returning frontline guys look good. You know, my main concern is Peasley and the wide receivers. At, at some point, can we, you know, stop with the, the old school offenses and at least show flashes of modern football with the passing game? I think that would be uh, would be a refreshing change for Wyoming if they if they finally do that. I'm not saying they're going to. I, I just that's the only concern I have. I, I I like what's coming back on defense and everything on offense except the passing game. Yeah, and you know I think we you know I think a lot of Wyoming fans feel that way about the offense, and I I, I think it, it can happen, Ryan. I mean, look. I don't think Wyoming's going to get away from its identity of, of power run, and, and and that's fine. They don't have to get away from that, you know. But I don't know. I you know I was watching the Tulane game, Tulane USC Cotton Bowl game, and you know Tulane, you know they'll they spread you out, but they were they could be pretty, you know, they could be pretty powerful too and pretty physical. You know, I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, that could be an offense that could work at Wyoming. You know, I'm not saying Wyoming has the player. Maybe they don't. I I don't know. But I kind of saw how Tulane kind of ran its offense, and I saw Tulane a little bit during the season. I'm like that's a fun offense, you know. To me, that's a good mix of all right. Yeah, we're going to run it down your throat a little bit. Then we're going to do some other things with it. And I think Wyoming's offense can do that. I think there's 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 potential there to do that. Yeah, but like you said, well, we see it. Time will tell. But I think there's I think there's room for that. Well, 
think it's it's safe to say I think there has to be some room for that. It, it has to be a little bit more diverse. It has to be a little bit more. Uh, well, obviously, executing is one thing, but I just think it needs to be more diverse. And I think there's room for I think there's room for that. Yeah, I think Tulane gives Wyoming fans a lot of hope, and hopefully, the Wyoming football team too. I think their quarterback had eight completions in that wild win over USC. It was mostly running the ball down USC's throat and making big plays in the passing game after getting that set up. Now, granted, the Trojans have one of the worst defenses at the power five level of all time, but they also have the Heisman trophy winner at quarterback. So for Tulane to pull that off is just, I think that's what you dream of. If you're a group of five program like Wyoming, I mean, Tulane was two win team last year and they win the cotton bowl. Wyoming is a consistent seven win team. All we're asking is to get to that nine or 10 win level and, and at least compete for a Mountain West championship, which they did, you know, for 80% of the season this year. And everyone's going to be in a better mood this time next year, I would say. I would think so. I would hope so, at least. All right, Robert. Well, this is kind of a football wrap-up show. We'll get into more basketball as, as we get into that full speed here. There's not a lot new to talk about Graham EK is still out and Wyoming is still losing in heartbreaking fashion. Covered the New Mexico game. They lost by one point to New Mexico. There was a million different plays they could have made down the stretch to, to pull off that upset. Um, but it was encouraging. Without EK, they're starting to come around. They're at least competing now um, much better than they were before that game. Yeah, that was encouraging, you know, and it also just goes to show you, and I watched the a lot of the Fresno game that just, you know, how important Graham EK is to this team. And not just because of his, you know, basically a 20 and 10 guy, not just the the pure production, but how much he opens things up for the other guys. I mean, Hunter Maldonado is a good player and has proven to be a good player. He's proven that all throughout his career at Wyoming. But Hunter Maldonado was really, really good last year. Without Graham EK, I'm not saying Hunter Maldonado is bad by any means, but it's a lot harder for him. It's a lot harder for all these guys. Just how he, how Graham EK can open up the floor and command that type of attention down low to open things up for other guys, whether it's to shoot perimeter jumpers, which are, you know, the threes, which Wyoming's heavily re- relying on, or driving to the basket. Life is a lot easier for Wyoming with Graham EK. And it's, and it's just like, well, don't they have any other big guys? Yeah, but they're not Graham EK. That doesn't command that type of respect and presence and attention. You know, and I don't think this is new, a newsflash to Wyoming fans. But it just goes to show how important of a piece Graham E.K. is to this team, not just of his own production, but what it means for others' production. And now hopefully they, they see him back soon. And it was encouraging of what we saw against New Mexico. And hopefully they can build off that and, you know, continue to kind of survive a little bit or, or find themselves a little bit. And, and and hopefully Graham comes back here at the end of the month or maybe in the first part of February. It's almost comical at this point, everything that's happening to this team against New Mexico. No, they didn't have any other big guys. Hunter Thompson was a late scratch with an illness. Their other, you know, their 6'10 super senior who's trying his hardest, but just is not getting the rebounds when they need him or, or scoring mm-hmm. in the post. So he was out against New Mexico. And then Noah Reynolds, their, you know, their leading scorer get, takes an elbow to the head in the first half and he goes out. So, you know, what happens? Well, Maldonado, Maldonado has to guard post guys and fouls out. I mean, it's just one thing after another. So uh, it would be nice to see this team 
fully whole by February and, and getting things cranked up, you know. One positive, I think Ethan Anderson's playing better. Uh, Max Ogbank Polo came in with 10 clutch points after being in the doghouse. Jeremiah Odin's coming around. I don't know, Robert. I've never seen anything like this before. Neither has Jeff Linder. No, I'm sure he hasn't. And it's just like it's, you know, it just keeps snowballing. But then who's seen, you know, going into last night, Ryan, as we're, we're recording this, Fresno, or San Jose State was 2-0 and and almost went 3-0. and And Mountain West played a start, you know, and, and lost a close one at Boise last night. It's not just one. There's some goofy things going on in the Mountain West. I think a lot of people thought New Mexico would be pretty good. I don't think anyone's that surprised, you know, but they were the last undefeated team in the country, right? They were ranked in the top 25. You know, I thought New Mexico would be better, maybe even compete for a comp. But to think they were going to be the last undefeated team in the country? No. You know, San Jose State doing what it's done. CSU's kind of had some hard times. Nevada's won some games. Utah State. I don't need these guys for the for the Aggies, but they're 13-2. and two. I mean... This is a goofy league, and, and goofy in a good way, though, in, in a lot of respects, not if you're a Wyoming fan, obviously. But, um, yeah, there is some 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 signs of encouragement for Wyoming, and hopefully they continue because they pretty much what anything that could go wrong for this team has, they need some good things to happen, some good things to start happening for them now. All right. Well, Saturday, San Diego State at Wyoming. Uh, I think that's 2 p.m. or 2.30 p.m. I, I don't know. It's in the afternoon and it's on CBS, but uh, if the weather's nice, Wyoming could use <laughs> whatever help they can get from fans. So uh, I'll be there and uh, check out my coverage at trib.com. And Robert, thanks for uh, chiming in and, and helping us talk about Wyoming football all season and uh, look forward to talking some hoops with you down the road. Look forward to it. Really enjoy the football season with you, Ryan. Thank you so much, and can't wait to talk more hoops down the road. I should say uh, I'll be getting you your beer soon, but you uh, you picked Ohio, and they 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 covered. They were a slight favorite, two and a half. They won by three, so your role continued. You were twenty four and seven overall starting in November. I was nineteen and twelve. Congrats! Thank you very much. You just made my day. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.